Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome into episode 149 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie. And Jamie Eisner. Sup. And back to that gimmick. No, no leftovers. No leftovers. He's banished from the show. I'm Luke Lipinski. Craig's wearing a Life is Good shirt. It is good. Oh, you got a big smile on your face. You're happy. The playoffs are what, we're a couple games away now from getting to the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. We've got uh, we've got some news and notes we'll hit at the end. We've got some listener questions as well. We've got some podcast news. See, now I hate it when I listen to a show and they're like, stay tuned until the end of the show. We're going to have huge news for you. Big announcement. So we're just going to do it Coming next week. No. Yeah. So, so uh, first of all, I don't know. How do you, how do you guys want to announce this? You're the horse of the show. We've established this already. So we did 149 episodes in this studio. We couldn't quite make it to 150, right? Sure. Well, kind of this studio. <laughs> the ultimate irony in this kind building. Of, like, if you just on the other side of the wall was the rest of them. Yes. It's really just the same. So I guess we'll count it. So uh, we are continuing the podcast. Yeah, we're not leaving. Maybe so. I should have phrased that. Yeah, differently. you started like that's like a goodbye. It's, it's um, well, I mean, we it's, may have already lost five or six listeners. Yeah. Actually, in that well, it's, it's going to be a different. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. That's all we know. We're migrating it over to Arizona Sports, which if you don't live in Arizona, maybe that means nothing to you. But either way, we'll have, we have a studio set up there. Um, I think Jamie's going to be on at least some of the shows. Yes, as many as I can. Uh, me and Craig will definitely be doing it every week still. It's, it's still going to be basically the same show. Yeah. You Stay tuned. You can, you can follow us on Twitter the same way and everything, same email, all that. We may have a different iTunes stream. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to set up. You know what else we'll have? Guests. We will have yes. guests. We'll have guests again. We um we will not have leftovers. We no. do lose no, leftovers. Yeah. Leftovers is uh will be what's left over. Rip Chris Shooter. And um yeah. I, I mean it's but we're not the important thing is we're not like breaking up as a show. No. No. The band is staying together. Yes. We're just replacing the drummer. And really if if <laughs> So he's Ringo? Are you saying he's Ringo? Because <laughs> yeah, the Ringo Scar star. So be John Bonham. But this Ooh, is um good reference. Yeah, but I think that's a more positive reference, isn't it? Well, I'm, I've always been positive about okay. this. Your guy. Yeah. To, to show... <laughs> it's, it's irrelevant to, now. To, to really show his uh, his appreciation for the moment, Chris just didn't show up to the show yeah. today. <laughs> so. Just to just get prepared for future episodes. Yes. So. To, to paraphrase uh, one of the Trump staffers, it's irrelevant now because he's no longer with the finalists. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Um, but anyway, that was the announcement. We, we will keep doing it every week. So ultimately, you may have to find a different way to subscribe once. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll have keep plenty of details. And yeah. Just keep following on Twitter. And again, if, if you do have to subscribe a different way, we will put something up on this channel right now to tell you that you have yeah. to subscribe to something different. Hard. Or you'll just hear the new episodes and then everything will be, you know, all's well in the world. Yep. So let's get to the playoffs. And the game from last night, Winnipeg and Vegas – Vegas now up two one in the series. It's good to be. It's good to be uh, Marshall So, isn't it? He's 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 living his best life at the moment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that so is Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, <laughs> really worked out pretty well for the two of them. Oh boy, yeah. So, what do we want to address there first? Mark Andre Fleury 
the saves on Mark Scheifele oh, in the third the, period. The greatest goaltender of all time. But, and how about that duel, by the way, because Mark Scheifele has uh, 11 road goals now, which is an NHL playoff record. It's just amazing. He is, in my opinion, has established himself as a truly elite franchise-level yeah. center now in these playoffs. He, he, he's been producing in the regular season anyway, but Winnipeg hadn't, well, they hadn't won a playoff game. They really hadn't been in the playoffs much until this season. But you really want to see if your best players can take it up another level in the postseason. That, to me, is the mark of true greatness, and Scheifele's been unbelievable in this postseason. He really has, and, and that's the progression we wanted to see from him. Can, you know, Because we talked about him midseason when he was really on a hot streak. We said, do we think he's going to push that upper echelon of number one centers? Is he going to be a true number one center in the league? And I, I, the way he's performed so far in the postseason, I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion. But even as good as he's been, the best player on the ice continues to be the goaltender that can't perform in the playoffs, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh Shifley is – this is great. He he basically flies in the face of everything Jamie believes in because I remember writing a story on him in fan, for FanRag like two seasons ago before, at the start of the season about how every year in the league he's gotten better. He's the definition oh, he's of linear, linear progression. progression. Oh. Oh. So let's see. Okay, the first – 11, 12, 12, 13, he didn't really play. 13, 14, 34 points. 14, 15, 49 points. 15, 16, 61 points, 16, 17, 82 points. So just continues to go up goals, assists, points every year. Now, this year he only had 60 points, but he also only played in 60 games. Well, he is. He is. So, so, he was hurt. so that's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's. I guess he's maxing out at a point per game oh, and basically 30 ish goals per season and winning the Conn Smythe of Winnipeg. Receive. Stanley Cup. Is he max 14 goals now? Yeah. In, in the postseason? That's. He's going to. Assuming Winnipeg. Even if Winnipeg doesn't win the series, he's going to pass. Crosby has like the most goals in a single playoff series in like the last twenty or season in the last twenty years, doesn't he? With fifteen goals or yeah, since two thousand, yeah, 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 whatever yeah. the. Another another note on that, since we're mentioning those things, Shifley notched his ninth multi-point game of the postseason last night. He's the first player to do that in in nine games since. This will make us all smile because it has references for every one of us. Danny Briere had 11 with Philadelphia, and Patrick Kane had 9 with Chicago, both in 2010 when they met each other in the Cup Finals. The record, Mario Lemieux, 14 times he did it when the Penguins won their first Stanley Cup in 1991. I don't feel like Jamie when, has When Luke was a wee smile. lad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find – here we go. 11 road goals on 15 road shots. For Shifley. That's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> if you can shoot 73% in the NHL, you'll be successful. And and really, what? I mean, two of those saves were ridiculous saves. They oh. both should have been goals, yeah, too. should have been like That's a 90%. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Shifley's been amazing. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty clear as we go through. If Winnipeg wins the Cup, he wins the Conn Smythe. If yes. Vegas wins the Cup, Fleury wins the Conn Smythe. We'll get to the East in a second. But we are at the point now where I would say of the three of us, as the season went on, I was probably the least optimistic about Vegas's chances of, of getting this far in the playoffs. Like I figured they make the playoffs, maybe win a round or two, but not not go to the cup. But they also really haven't like shocked me the way they've shocked a lot of people. If they beat Winnipeg, they are shocking me. Yeah, that that it's just the way they've been playing because you lose game one and you went, you know, this is not a team that's had to face once the season got off to the great start it got off to. Yeah. It's not a team that had to face a lot of adversity. Nope. They haven't been overcoming a lot of uh, of odds there. And we talked about how we thought we, they could get out of the Pacific just because of – partly because of how good Vegas has been and partly because we're not all that enthused about the other teams in the Pacific Division this year. 
Winnipeg's a really, really good hockey team. They beat maybe the best team in hockey in the regular season that we thought, just overall talent-wise. I think Nashville. Winnipeg might be the best team. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They beat, that team beat Nashville, and Vegas gets down, gets down in the game three, and they're still fighting back. Like, gets this down. is To start the series, mm-hmm. they were down 3 nothing, seven and a half minutes into game one. Yeah. I mean, that looked like, okay, this is Winnipeg. They're going yeah. to steamroll everybody the rest of the way. And now, now Winnipeg is facing its first series deficit yeah. of the postseason. And this is, I mean, we talked about this, but when you play in Vegas, this narrative sort of goes out the window because Winnipeg hadn't been here before. They hadn't done this, but now they're playing a team that, yeah, that literally, literally has never, has been, never here. been there before. But if, if, you know, and we talked about the home ice advantage that Vegas enjoys in that building, which, by the way, how about the pregame ceremony yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> so Vegas. What can they do to top it? If they make it to the Stanley Cup, oh. what is the, the pregame going to be like no over the first It's going to be like Cirque du Soleil it's over ice. <laughs> the players will have to learn Cirque du Soleil routines. We're all going to get sick on the same day. It happens to be right before game one of the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> I guess it's actually uh, probably game Well, do they have a better record than the Caps? Uh, I can't depends. remember what the regular season standing was. I'm not ready to write Tampa Bay off yet, but we'll, no, we'll but, get there but, in a second. No, no, no but clearly they Tampa will be Bay on the road for Tampa Bay. Yeah. So. Um, they finished. This is really not important. A but better just... record than Washington. Okay, so oh, it'll be game one in that scenario. Ice in the cup. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready to break that. We'll get to Tampa in a minute, but Capitals getting shut out in game seven to stay on the Stanley Cup to so, expansion team. Oh boy, <laughs> Vegas wins the next game. If, if I, I just don't see him loaded at that point, no. I don't see him losing three straight games, and then we're talking about we're talking about the Golden Knights we're, we're, in the Cup final. We're talking about Canada's. Non worst nightmare stretching to twenty five yes. years, which you know you you look at the flip side of that. At least Vegas's cup drop will end at zero seasons. Yes, <laughs> end at eight months. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be Canada's worst nightmare if their team, probably their best chance at winning a cup in the last fifteen years, gets knocked out by an expansion team from Las right. Vegas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's the ultimate insult to Canada. I'm almost um, sad there's not like Toronto's not going to be a, a potential option for the Stanley Cup final because I'm going to knock out Winnipeg and then Toronto. Just go right it through would be all of just them. the greatest. Uh, I, I almost want like I, if if that happens, I almost want Trump to send Trudeau uh, some kind of no, just obnoxious I'm, message. Yeah, I, that'll probably happen. It Either way, will. it doesn't matter what goes on in this series. So I guess a couple things. Craig's just sort of you sort of alluded to one of them. If Vegas wins Game Four and goes up three one. I guess it depends on how you look at the series. I think Winnipeg's more than capable of winning three straight games. Sure, I just find it unlikely that either of these teams is going to win three straight against the other team. That's the thing. I don't see Vegas losing three straight games. Yeah, yeah, they're both capable of winning three in a row. I just don't think they will. Yeah. Because the other teams are really good. Our poll question for Yeah, like they're really good. Aside from two of the three best teams in hockey. Yeah. The way they've played recently. The... um, the poll question we had last week was which factors played the biggest role in the Golden Knights' unprecedented success this season. I'm curious to see what what, what won that. Okay, so the options were owner, stable ownership, basically, with Bill Foley, uh, surprise breakout players, Gerard Gallant, and expansion draft rules. And anybody, there were quite a few people that were uh, upset if anybody voted for expansion draft rules. I would have been upset for that, because that's wrong. Actually finished second mm-hmm. at 29%. It's just incorrect. Uh, I would have voted for Gallant, and I did. That's 23%. But surprise breakout players won. With okay, because I, well, I think you're looking at different levels. Like, surprise breakout players is just like the, the entire roster. Yeah, the immediate immediate on-ice success. Gallant, the system success. Bill Foley's more big-picture franchise success beyond that. Uh, but expansion draft rules is just wrong. When they win, like, the- it's not. It's not. <laughs> sorry, you're wrong. Like, like, look, trust me. I, I, 
big fan of my family, all right? Big fan of them. Mm-hmm. Had, we, 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 had a, uh, uh, we had a we had a family dinner on Tuesday, and the topic of Vegas came up. They're all big hockey fans. That's why I got into hockey. Family dinner on t- – are you Italian now? Uh, close enough. But okay. – and, and the topic came up that – that Vegas winning the cup would be bad for the league, and then immediately followed by that they're going to have to change the rules for the expansion draft so Seattle doesn't get as good of a team. Or, or and any, I try anybody, not to explode. Anybody in your family yeah. an NHL GM? No. Okay, because <laughs> I think some of them probably agree with that last point. It's You know what? It's a good CYA move if you're a GM to blame the league's rules, but yeah. if you actually truly, like, looking at yourself in the mirror, believe that... Or do any analysis. Yeah, like, if you actually truly believe that and you're inside yeah. the NHL, that's scary to me. I want to talk about this in more of a big picture thing. I don't know if you guys saw Jeremy Jacobs' interview. <laughs> I know talked about a whole list of things. He had a couple of things saying, Yeah, the, the NHL doesn't care about Quebec. Yeah. There's no chance they're hitting a team. Hi. <laughs> he kind of knows... So, yeah, he's, he's yeah. got a little we, bit of influence. We kind of all knew anyway, but he, he, sorry, he, he Quebec, was this close LOL. to saying Quebec LOL, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> it really was. If he knew what LOL stood that for, he might have. the headline of the interview with Quebec, <laughs> colon, LOL. Oh, boy. But here's, here's the thing. If you're the league and you're looking for sources of revenue, new sources of revenue, expansion's a really good one. Mm-hmm. How about you pitch to those expansion teams? Okay, you pony up. Well, it's going to be like six hundred and fifty million for Seattle, which gets divvied among the owner, other yes. owners. That's a really nice payday. But in return for that, we're going to give you a team that can immediately contend for that's, Stanley that's Cup. That's a selling point now. That's a really good selling point for Seattle and Houston. And that's why big thing I say one of the auxiliary reasons why Vegas winning the cup would actually be good for the league because you want it, infl- and especially if you're if you're a fan of a small market team. You know, we have a, we have a lot of people that are listening to us from Phoenix. Uh, getting a getting a Nine or seven, eight figure paycheck just off the top by literally not doing anything by existing as an owner or in the league. The league. Big it's, not yeah. it's not big bad. It's not bad. Business, big picture. Business I like what, of hockey. What, what Craig has here in the show notes. Just simply, why relocate when you can charge six hundred and fifty million dollars? I have a lot of questions. That solves a lot of problems. Seriously, I mean, it's just so simple when you break it down to that. But we've been Follow saying that for money. five years. We have. Way, but I, I that's, you know, I got off track a little bit with Houston when I was looking at Houston. I was like, okay, this could be a relocation for the Coyotes. Why on earth would the NHL do that? By the way, that's 20, especially now. Especially $21 million dollars per team. By the time they get to Houston, it'll probably be $750 million. So you get three quarters of a billion dollars to so add a new team. Teams could have almost $50 million just handed to them. Keep expanding. By the baby. way. <laughs> oh, yeah, and if you include Vegas, you know, it's like $60, 65000000 million in a 10-year span just for existing in the league. Yes. When What's there's the expansion? limit, though? How far can you expand mm-hmm. before you are – You have to weigh that, absolutely. I mean, in markets come into play, too. Which markets can actually support it, right? Yeah, where ownership yeah. can come in with yeah, that kind of money off the top. you care about that, too. But you, these, these two markets we're talking about, certainly – and again, that, that imbalances the league. If we're yes. adding Houston, that makes 33, so you have to identify one more, but – I'm guessing there's another market out there. I, I don't, you know, we've talked about the European thing, and that's possibly down the road. That's expansion, but yeah. could you put another team in the Toronto area? Sure, you could. You could, and whether whether the Leafs will, right, uh, quote unquote, allow it. Maybe a second team in Vegas if this continues. <laughs> right, Henderson, Arena. <laughs> I feel like when we do this right, poll, not do a year from now. Um, Bill Foley might might win when when the Vegas has won their second cup in a row, but this time it's with Eric Carlson and John Tavares. Then I yeah. think ownership will be higher on the list. Who has anybody on this team like not surprised? Like I'm not surprised by Marchessault. 
This is kind no, of what he know. was. He's, he's been this yeah. player. That was just what I was saying. When, when people talk about the expansion rules being the advantage, no, I, I think if, if, if you want to change the rules again, just keep Vinny Viola out of the mix, and then yeah. you, might, you might solve that problem. But that wasn't even so much expansion rules as it was they just refused to pay anybody. We yeah. all I need to go back and find. But they the didn't episode. have to give up Marcia. So they he just wasn't decided, making any money. Either. They decided that they didn't want to pay him in his next contract. So we, they don't. Uh, Riley Smith they didn't have to get rid of Riley. I mean, like they didn't have to do that. Yeah, Florida we did like ten minutes on Pittsburgh this show had to get about Jonathan Marcia. So like at the expansion draft, we were like, yes. why? Why are they going to allow this to happen? Because that's the difference. Like Pittsburgh had to get rid of Flurry. They didn't have a choice. It was Flurry or Murray. They they had Someone they didn't have a choice. They had talked about trading. I didn't. I don't know. If that was ever broached, you you might know that better than I do. I don't remember. Flurry, yeah. What if you had to prove it? It doesn't have a no move or no trade. There, I think there, there was, limited no trade. There, that was at least a. Oh, they kind of needed him. But yeah, not run. Yeah, so yeah, they wouldn't have won the cup. It's a good thing that they did not trade him. But there, there was certainly it was at least talked about. I know we talked yeah. about it here mm-hmm. of like if if you if you have to lose him, get something for him or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. no, the Vegas run here has, has been remarkable. So let me ask you this. They're now six wins away from winning the Stanley Cup, um, which sounds Boy. absurd to say. And Could you imagine we would have said that we were sitting in that, that room at the expansion draft at the T-Mobile Arena? Flurry would have laughed at us. six wins away as we're interviewing like Braden McNabb and Derek England. Did you talk to Timo Pultman? No, he was, he, he was not there for some reason. Nothing. You couldn't get to him. The crowd was too big. I will say, Jamie and I have said this a couple times, because that was – if you don't remember, the expansion draft was held at T-Mobile Arena – during the awards show. Yeah. So all of the best players in the NHL were there. Fleury was the rock star that whole night. It's oh, yeah. like it's like everybody except us knew that he was going to lead the Golden Knights to Stanley Cup in the yeah. first year. If they win this, because at this point, if they take out Winnipeg, I, how can you pick against them if they're only four wins away and they've beaten Winnipeg? I, know, I mean, Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tampa Bay is the Cup really final. Still a really good team, and I'm. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I. But Wh- where does this right. rank just among sports stories ever? It's remarkable. In terms of surprises, it's the biggest ever, yes. without a doubt. No it, question, it, it, not yeah. even close. It's absolutely remarkable because, again, and everybody is looking back at this now and like this revisionist history about how good the team was and everything else. We looked at this team with players on it and went, they're going to be either the worst team in the league or I know Luke had them in the bottom five at least. Like We all thought, even with the roster they constructed, this is going to be a bad team. They, they can trade James Neal at the deadline. You know, maybe hopefully they re-sign a guy like Marsh or so. Maybe William Carlson can step up and be tw- a twenty-goal scorer. Like that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like this team was just gifted, just a litany of all stars. If all of a sudden, like, oh wow, that the league really put them in a great position to succeed on the ice. They really didn't. A couple more points on this series, by the way, uh, from NHL Public Relations. When a conference finals or semifinal series is tied one-one. Since 1974-75, the winner of Game 3, Vegas last night, holds an all-time series record of 35-8. and Wow. 81.4% of the time they win the series. I still... Bad news for Jets fans. Bad news for Canada. Game 5 is pivotal. Yeah. Game 7 especially pivotal. Yes. 100% of teams that win Game (laughs) 7 usually go on to win the series. It's hard for me to... (laughs) You can't pick against Vegas, though, either. I I still think Winnipeg is, is... 
if you made me pick right now, I think I'd probably still take Winnipeg. They have to win the next game. But yeah. yeah. They're done. The win- think, I, I, I think the winner of the next game wins the series. It's the I mean, way. I'm just going to do that because I, th- I still think Winnipeg's a better team. So if they tie it up, I'm going to take a chance. They and, win and that's two not the next a knock three. on Vegas to say that. No, like, Vegas is very good. Like, who are, who are the my, – my thought going – I was trying to explain this to a couple friends the other day. That, that I've gotten a lot of people watching hockey in these playoffs that aren't hockey fans. So I should get something from the league. I don't know what that would be. Maybe good, like, Maybe like NHL.com to work for me for once at some point when I, when I type in well, the stats page. I mean – Okay, no. Um, Can't be miracle work. My my explanation for how like for how a team could take out Winnipeg, I think Tampa is is better and or at least even. And I think Pittsburgh. Tampa Tampa can match firepower. I thought Tampa and Pittsburgh could match up with Winnipeg well, and that's it. Vegas shouldn't match. This should be a terrible matchup for Vegas. And the fact that they've held the Jets to three goals total over the last two games, yeah. and really what now four goals since the seven thirty mark of the first period of the first game. The way that they, they just they just suffocate teams. Yeah, they do. And, and, and Flurry cleans up the mess. Nine forty-five save percentage yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, nine forty-five. He's now, by the way, top ten all time in playoff wins. It's a pretty yeah, cool stat. Okay, I mean, he his, might win his fourth Stanley Cup his, here in his, yeah, three when, weeks. When he, when he retires, he's going to have a fascinating Hall of Fame case. Too shy of Chris yeah. Osgood. It's going to be a oh, fascinating one of case. The most overrated goalies in NHL history. Yes. If he has four Chris Osgood, Cups. The, the, the key to along for the ride. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's the, he's the, the personification the, of along for the ride. Like he's the, the that era's equivalent of Patrick Maroon. If if Flurry <laughs> finishes his career with four Stanley Cups, though, like I and one with an expansion franchise in their first yeah, season, exactly. this this would put him in the Hall of Fame. Fame. I think if he wins this year, he's automatically in the Hall of Fame. Note instantly. on Jonathan Marchessault too, one point shy of matching the NHL record for the most by player in his team's first postseason appearance. I know that's a lot of qualifiers here, but still. But listen to the names here: Jude Drouin, who I played for the Islanders, somehow had 18 points in 1975. I don't even remember that name. Igor Larionov at 18 and 96 with the Sharks. Only two players have scored more goals than Marchessault for a club making its first trip to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Dave Lowry, 10 and 96 for the Panthers, and Marion Gabrick had 9 in 2003 for the Wild. So a lot of records possibly yeah. falling here. Marion Gabrick was a good that year. Marion Gabrick was. <laughs> like, if we forget, but Marion Gabrick, wild era, was very good. There was a time when he, yeah, he, was, he would just score, like have four goal games and whatever, and he was ridiculously fast. I don't know where to rank this. I, I mean, you can't rank it because it's such a broad topic, but if it's right up with Miracle on Ice, I do. It, it's Isn't getting crazy in terms of upset. In terms of like impact, obviously, it's not in the same no, universe. But about global but in impact. terms of just purely like, but like what what are the what are the, the equivalents? Lines? Let's just limit this to the last twenty years that in we've seen sports? in other sports. There's I, never been an upset like this in the NFL, unless you're going no. back to like the Jets winning the Super Bowl, and that's one game. I mean, it's the biggest game, but yeah, you can do something crazy for a game. They've done something crazy for eight months now if they win this thing. That's the thing. There's nothing fluky about what they've done this year. I don't know if, again, I'm still of the belief that there's a big step back for them next season, but well, this is Well, depending who not, they sign, yeah. Well, sure, if you, see, if you sign two of the ten best players in hockey, <laughs> you'll be fine. in the cap room. You'll be fine. Why wouldn't but you go there? There's nothing okay, fluky. Okay, I'm going to go sign with the cup champs. The cup champs. Plenty of cap space, and I get to live in Vegas. Yeah. What if okay. they had gotten that deal done for Eric Carlson on, at the deadline? Oh, my God. Maybe they don't need him. Now, I don't know if you had to give him. up William Carlson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm <laughs> room for Eric Carlson. <laughs> they might not need him. Uh, but it, it, it's, yeah, it's it's remarkable. There's, but there's nothing fluky about what they've done. No, they didn't sneak into the playoffs. It's this not like they've not had like, an easy path. Yeah, that, that, no. that they were just they got hot for two months, and they, they snuck in. Like They've been good all year. All right. The other series... Tampa Bay and Washington. Yeah. Crazy start, huh? Yeah. Obviously, Tampa. Who needs home ice? Jeez. 
He's home ice anyway. I didn't see this coming from the Caps, but let's face it, Backstrom's injury is... It's hurting the Caps. It's 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 almost like torture for their fans. They finally get past the Penguins, but you're playing without Nick Backstrom. Yep. We're still unclear if he's playing in Game Four, right? Yeah, he's That's gonna latest. he's gonna have to play here at some point in the series, I think, for them to to win. Craig put this note in the uh, in the pre-show notes, and I agree. I mean, I, I you guys will give me through the first two rounds, especially once they came back against Columbus. I was like, this is this is Washington's year to get. You've been much more optimistic about them than we have. But much more. The whole basis for that was they're still a very talented team. They haven't really lost a whole lot from last year. Now the pressure's not on them. If they start the series up two nothing against Tampa and the series becomes two two, lose both those games on Hawaii. Guess who the pressure's back on now? Um, And you know what? To to sort of advance that point too, that they have played, I think better this year in the playoffs because the pressure hasn't been on them. What are they? They're seven and one on the road in these playoffs. So there, I mean, there's no pressure when you're on the road and you're yeah. the Capitals and you're down two nothing in the series to Columbus, and so people expect you to lose that. Then you're playing Pittsburgh, who people just assume you're going to lose to, and even Tampa. I mean, yeah. I I picked Tampa over Washington. I think just about everyone did. I still do. I, do you really? Yeah. I, see, I think Washington. I think Washington's going to win the series. Well, now. I think it's on this game. Yeah. I think if Tampa wins this game, Tampa's winning the series. What's the best Stanley Cup? matchup possible right now in terms of just on ice talent yeah, or in terms take of what the NHL would want if Tampa Winnipeg is the best Stanley Cup yes, to watch Tampa Winnipeg would be the best on ice matchup to watch but you think I don't know <laughs> I'm Craig, fine seeing Vegas there Craig has a Vegas look Vegas is relentless they're, yeah. they're fast they're Marc-Andre Fleury is fun to watch there's nothing that can go wrong in the West now I'll say no, this they don't have the that star power maybe that Winnipeg has with a shite. Sure, but I wonder what? if – and it's star power in Canada, but I wonder how many people know – how many people know Shifley. Patrick Liney, but how many people know Mark Shifley? The Wheeler. Wheeler Bob nobody Wheeler. ever talks about. As people we joke about in the show Shifley. all the time. I mean the star power is you've got Stamkos in Tampa and you've got Ovechkin in Washington. But once you, once you talk about star power, I think you're taking a step away from what you're actually watching on the ice and you're looking at storylines. And Vegas's storyline is bigger no. than any yes. individual player in the NHL. Correct. No, absolutely. You're right. You can't go wrong in the West. That series is so I much more compelling might, to me. You might get. I mean, Canada, they, they'll watch anyway. But I think you might get more casual fans if Vegas is playing for a cup. Yes. Oh, you definitely. Yes. Just for the storyline, because people will become Vegas fans for right. that for the two weeks. They will decide that's what that's what that's the storyline that draw them in. That's what they're interested in. They'll be Vegas fans for two weeks. I don't even like. I want to talk. Which, about by the way, the is East. not a bad thing. No, you, should, you should want new fans to watch the game. That's yeah. you should want that. Don't chase new fans away. Hockey fit all sports fans, but hockey fans in particular. And again, I don't live in the in the, the soccer universe, which I hear this happens there too. Really bad about chasing new fans away. Don't do that. Don't be that group. I I can't argue. It's not it's not all of them, but no, of course it's not all of them. It's always a small vocal minority. But don't chase new fans away. Um, Washington, my, my hockey PSA <laughs> today, and, and Tampa getting back to to this. The league series. does a good enough job of that on their own. They don't need the fans doing it too. That's, that's probably true. Uh, Washington has been impressive, though. And I, I can't, yeah. I can't determine who it is that's really making the difference. I know, I, I posted something on Twitter about how it was ridiculous the Capitals started the playoffs without Braden Holtby voluntarily, and yeah, that seemed to touch off some sort of Twitter war. <laughs> um, yeah, you're big fans of yours, Capitals Twitter. <laughs> For a while there, they were. Remember last show, I was reading tweets. People were like tweeting yeah. Ovechkin and saying, "Hey, Lipinski believed in the Capitals." And now, now I'm getting tweets about how Tom Wilson's great, which he isn't. But carry on. Well, no, they they did throw out some stats at you. 
He's fine. He's a fine player when he plays hockey. I don't think I ever said he can't play hockey. I said he doesn't not play to. hockey. Mm-hmm. And the way he plays 90% of the time is absolutely 100% a detriment to the league. It, there's no – there's not – that's not a debate. Yes, when you put him on a line with Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom, he produces. As I would say probably 100% yes. of NHL Pat players Burns would – You could put a goalie on that line. Yeah, Alex Burrow spot from Mexico City. And it's like, I mean, that's – it happens. But that's what's frustrating about him. He is – He's at least a decent player if he plays. He doesn't have to. He, like, it's the argument with Brad Marchand. Marchand doesn't have to toe the line and slew foot guys. And it's not the licking. It's the actual, like, headshots and, and that it's stuff. It's not the licking. It's not the licking. <laughs> <laughs> Craig just put his coffee down. He didn't even finish it. It's not the <laughs> Gonna licking. Gonna take a sip. But, but, but Marchand is also much more skilled than Tom Wilson. Yes. yes. He's a much better player. Tom Wilson is fine. He what he'll get you ten goals and thirty assists if he just plays hockey, maybe a little bit more depending what line he's on. He doesn't have to play the dirty game, but he definitely plays a dirty hockey yes. game. Which is ironic when he got hit in the head. Was that game three by yeah, Strawman? The, the league to review it. I couldn't tell. I think Pete Blackburn was the guy that tweeted out. He, he tweeted out perfect. He's like, I can't, I can't tell if Tom Wilson is the most out of touch person in the world or the greatest troll in history. <laughs> Because there's really no middle ground. Either he is completely clueless that he does that every other game, yeah. or he's like he's just, he's perfect just, comedic he's bought, he's bought into it, so he's just going to actively troll. Or it's a great joke, yeah. I, I can't, I can't I'm tell. Just, I'm just still shocked that we're sitting here in May talking about the, the Golden Knights potentially being a Stanley Cup team and one of the players from the NHL licking other players. It's been it's been a hell of a season. Yeah, what's been the bigger what's maybe that should be <laughs> it's the been poll a hell question. Of a season. What's the biggest surprise so far? <laughs> so we, we can come up with that. Let's, let's okay. not give it away. On the okay, show. we've got two strong contenders already. All right. Well, more. I think Washington, still with a chance to win the Stanley Cup, is probably a surprise to people as well. You guys both think Tampa comes back and wins this series? I, though. I didn't say that. I said it hinges on Game Four. If Tampa okay. wins this game, I think they win the series, and I think there's a good chance Tampa wins this game. Yes. The uh, the goal that Kucherov scored was a game one. It didn't count, and my immediate reaction was, "This is how Washington's going to win the cup. They're just not going to count goals the other teams score." Well, but that, then you that's realize, also been a nice little storyline in this postseason, but just goals that just don't count. Yeah, that's maybe something we should work on before the Stanley but, Cup. But we were so worried about making sure that the the league had more scoring, and that we're just actively. This was your point. We're just actively taking goals just, away. Yeah, why not? But the Kucherov goal that didn't count, uh, it didn't count for a good reason because Tampa Bay had like 14 guys on the ice yeah. and they were all playing too. They weren't even like kind of along the wall ready yeah, to you change. you got to bend the rules a little bit on the, on the road <laughs> to success. But the goal was, was ridiculous. Uh, Ovechkin, for all the heat he takes every time his teams lose, has, has been really impressive yes. in these playoffs. This has probably been his best playoffs ever. Not just because they're in the third round, but just the way he's played. Yeah, he's been the star. There, yeah. I've noted there are three Russians in the top ten in playoff scoring this year. It's funny how we got away from – NHL GMs got away from drafting Russians for a very long time with the fear that they'd go back home. Uh, other than Steve Eiserman, who just continues to sign Russians or yeah. draft Russians. But it's working out pretty well. He hasn't had any success at this point. No. No, no. Is he a better GM than a player at this point? <laughs> he's, I mean, he was a he's, he's been first really, ballot Hall of Fame player. He's really good as a GM. And again, a lot of it is we talked about this on the show, just being active. Like just and I know it seems so basic, but trying things. I need a goaltender. I need I need to improve my blue line. I need to, and just doing something versus just sitting there and go, Oh, there's not nobody available for me. I guess I'll just sit on my hands, yeah, which you, a lot of GMs do. You can get creative. There's always even if there's not a free agent available or a guy that's 
openly available at the deadline, then find a guy that's contract is up the next year try. or something. Or yeah, try find low risk options and mm-hmm. and draft well later in the draft well, so you have all these too. extra pieces, which, which he has done. But to Craig's point, I mean there there was a stretch. How many years do you think that was? Like five or six years where it was basically Washington would draft Russian players, Tampa, Dallas. And I remember St. Louis took Tarasenko like in the 20s one year. And players that shouldn't yep. have been there where they were yeah, because right. people were afraid they weren't going to play in the NHL. So there's, you know, it, it wasn't sure. it, it wasn't just for cosmetic reasons. People were worried you were drafting a player you weren't going to get. But that's such a huge advantage for those oh, yeah. those four teams, even though Dallas and St. Louis are doing nothing with it. Like, that's that's a pretty nice uh, run there for Washington and Tampa. Who wins the mm-hmm. Smythe if Washington wins? Uh, it's got to be a match game. You mean sentimental value? I mean, because that's certainly in the level, yeah. too. I, I don't know. Depends on how they get there, right? Yeah, the, the, they, yeah, that might be the determination develop. in the cup final itself. Who wins if Tampa wins it? They've been they've been the most balanced of these teams that are remaining, yeah. really. And that's kind of been their calling card in the postseason the last few years, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, they had the one where... Few years back, with that triplets line, which is far and away better than everybody else on the ice, mm-hmm. but they've they've been they have balanced scoring. It's well, a big reason why they're successful. <laughs> so we're either going to see Stamkos get his first cup, Ovechkin get his first cup, Canada get their first cup in twenty five years, or Vegas get their first cup. Long suffering Vegas get their first cup. <laughs> the streak will be over in Vegas. <laughs> Maybe that should be the poll question. What's the best uh, story? Maybe we'll have two poll questions this week. Look at that. That's crazy talk. Yeah, right. I don't want to get too, I don't want to set the bar too Migrating high. the podcast, two poll questions. Jeez. It's a lot Kill Chris. Yeah, try hard. Is, is it not the most natural hat trick thing ever that we made 149 episodes in the building? Didn't quite make it to one. I, no, I don't know. Round Even numbers. Jamie deleted like three of them along the way. So I don't know. Round numbers. Well, eh. yeah. What is 150? What do you celebrate at 150? That's, that's platinum, isn't it? If you're married for 150. I don't, I don't think... Um, <laughs> no. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's. It only happened in biblical times. I was to oh, say. Okay. I know people Although, feel like they've been married. Is there, for is there something years. good about starting with a nice round number like one hundred and fifty? Oh. Look at this. In the negative sense. Yeah. There's a positive sense to this. Also, you have always been a glass I, half full. Guy. Yeah, that's well, me. That's me. Glass half full. A broken Mr. glass Sunshine. on the floor. Broken glass with the waters running out. Also, I'll be the one producing the show in the new studio, so I'm pretty oh. sure they won't get deleted. And that pretty much I just, guarantees. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure I'm going to clip that, clip that audio right there. Everyone, everyone remember what Luke just said. Guarantees they will. Uh, the first we'll see if we get episode it. one. Yeah. 50 out. Do you want to talk about Oliver Ekman Larson? Well, I sort of think we should. It's kind of big news. Yeah, a lot of should. people thought he was going to get traded. He still could get traded at the draft. Let me, let me, let me make that point right off the top because I'm sure most of our listeners at this point, if they're following the NHL, know that the Coyotes are discussing an eight-year contract extension with Oliver Ekman Larson, who has one more year left on his deal, but they can they can officially offer it and sign it on July, July 1st when, when you have one year left on, on the deal. But I think a lot of people thought that they weren't going to be able to pay him, and they were going to move him at the draft because the, the contract demands would be too outrageous. Now, I'm not saying Oliver is going to sign this very deal. He may, you know, ask for another 500K. That may, may be where they settle, but one of the things that I would stress is this This kind of shows the Coyotes' commitment to keeping Oliver Ekman Larson, and there's been nothing in John Chica's track record that said otherwise. He brought his brother over here to play for Tucson. Yes. He signed Nicholas Chalmerson. 
to be his, you know, perfect partner. That obviously didn't end up working out. John Wilson played with someone else. It's but still, still good, a, though, too. It's still a big influence on, on Oliver and in the locker room to, you know, to have a, a fellow countryman that he's played with internationally. So a lot of things have been pointing to the Coyotes' commitment to bringing Oliver ekman Larson back long-term, but you still you get that national narrative they can't. And, and, and again, there are people poisoning the narrative out there for various reasons, saying they're not going to pay him, it's, you know, and they probably will be a cap floor team again, but this does show the Coyotes' commitment to at least trying to sign Oliver ekman Larson. And if you're already at an offer of about what I think is about $8.2 million on average annual value, you're not far away from bringing him back, especially when you start factoring in cost of living differences in other cities. If you talk, you're talking about Canada. I mean, we are we already know that from the Stamco story, how much extra it yeah. costs to go play in Canada or, you know, in bigger markets in the U.S. where it's simply more expensive to live. When you when you look at it in real dollars in your pocket at the end of the day, yes, this is a very competitive offer and a, at least a great starting point. And, and players do look at it like that. We talk about other sports. Now, it doesn't fully apply to Arizona, but we talk about like Texas and Florida and the state income tax and how much actually in a di- not having that, how much in addition you are putting in your pocket. But I, I think to Craig's point, the biggest thing to me was there was there was a lot of questions from outside of Arizona about would the are the Coyotes truly committed to it? Will they pony up to pay somebody like Oliver Ekman Larson? And you know, on the reported numbers that Craig had in the story. That's, I mean, that's about where you would expect Ekman Larson to sign for. I don't think he's a ten million dollar a year player. I don't either. I think he could get nine, maybe even maybe but nine. But Buffalo, else? like, I mean, I mean, there's the, you know, it's. I, I don't think Toronto can. Aff- I mean, they could they can afford it, but could they afford it cap wise for what yeah. they're trying to do in the long term? Well, I, I have the comps. I mean, if he's really, if it's going to be eight, let's say it's eight point two. Let's just say it's. So here's the top. He's the second highest paid defenseman in the league, I believe, if he gets that number, right? Well, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with Carlson and Dowdy down the road. Yeah, yeah, Carlson died on the road. What's his peak? Are are you going by cap hit or actual salary? Cap. Okay, well, let me yeah, I change this. Like, because Shea he, Weber's making twelve million this year. But well, yeah, but his his, hit, his deal is all because the, the Flyers yeah. made that disaster. I mean, like Brent Burns is making ten million this year, but yeah. So as far as cap hit, Subban has a nine million cap hit, okay. and Brent Burns has an eight million. Okay. And everybody else is below that. Victor Hedman, Shea Weber, Dustin so he would Buffalo, be second. close. Yeah, yeah. Until well, Shea Weber got all his money up front. Shea so Weber did okay for himself. Carlson and the Dowdy signed their deals. He would be second in the yeah. NHL. Yes, yeah. That's pretty fair. And I think so. Well, again, it's all about yeah. when you sign your deals, too. Now, like, I've had it suggested that well he might value. want, you know, True. he might want to get to nine because it's like an ego thing with athletes sometimes to get that number next to their name. You hope it's not that case. You hope that someone can do the analysis and say. What am I taking home in real dollars here? That, yeah. That's what matters here. Are you getting paid the same amount when when taxes and everything else, cost of living, yeah. are factored in? You hope that's what's going to be looked at here. If this becomes an ego thing where I need the number next to me, well, that's a problem. I, 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 I don't I, see that from him. I don't either. I, I hope that's not the case, but we'll see how the negotiations go. But like I said earlier, I, I just think that this is a it's a good sign for the Coyotes that they, yes. they we're, we're starting at this number. Or at yes, least this no. is the, the first number that's you know made its way. Yes, no, no, it's, it's a great sign because it is it, it is market value. Whether they end up settling somewhere a little bit above it or whatever, a little below, probably not below. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a good sign because again, the, the questions from outside of the market were were the Coyotes going to step up and show that they were going to make a serious commitment to Oliver Ekman Larson, whether or not he signed or not. Can't tell you how many people told me that's not going to happen. They're not going to make him a, this kind of offer. It's just well, 
Wrong again. Yeah. Strip down every narrative of a team from Canada needs him more mm-hmm. or, you know, the Coyotes aren't going to try and pay him or he had a bad start to the season. With that part, I mean, that's true. Yep. Um, but it, just look at this honestly. He's the most important and best player on the Coyotes. If yes. they're serious about actually getting better as opposed to just pushing their future off two or three years at a time and, and stringing fans along, they have to re-sign Oliver ekman Larson. He is their best player, and it's not close. I so it's a great sign. What happens, however, if Oliver does want 9-5 from the Coyotes? This is not – these aren't the Toronto Maple Leafs. You can't pay 9-5 if you're the Coyotes. It's just the reality of the finances here, right? They're going to be a cap floor team. They can't spend to the cap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you have to factor that in. And, if it again, if it's if it's the same money, why is that important then? That's That doesn't make sense to me. So if he goes and demands 9-5, well – we might have a problem there. Yeah, but it, but at that point the Coyotes have tried. Like, yes. if they're really well, they they're clearly already yes. tried. Yeah. So, so the, the end, ball is in Oliver Ekman Larson and Kevin Epps court. Even if point. let's say that 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 does happen in the hypothetical world, then the Coyotes have to make a move and trade him. It's a. I know the end result's the same. Oliver Ekman Larson's not on your hockey team anymore in this hypothetical scenario. But I think the path to get there is different, and that's important. Because if there was just a blatant disregard for their willingness to spend money to keep the best player on your team. Yeah. I think that that sends a whole different message than if, hey, we made a very competitive offer and it wasn't good enough. Now that said, if that scenario happens where the Coyotes go up to eight and a half million and Oliver wants nine and a half and they just can't do it, then the narrative will just be, well, the Coyotes have no money and they didn't want to keep their best player. And blah, sure, blah, blah, blah. but the narrative, the difference but that is, won't be is what actually happens. But again, no. the narrative outside of the NHL doesn't necessarily. I mean, it matters for PR wise. But you don't want the narrative inside NHL circles to be they're not willing to spend money on their team or they're not willing to pay for yeah. their best players. Yeah, and then John Chayka will because then you're never going to get free agents. Well, exactly. But in reality, if they if they were to spend eight point five, or, or if they they were he were to ask them to spend nine point five, the Coyotes would be spending a larger percentage of their cap on Oliver ekman Larson than just about any other team yeah. would. Yeah, that wanted to acquire him. Yeah, and that's that's just the reality of the. The economics here on on the more just on the non-economic side here. There's been this narrative I've seen around, and I'm not going to name any names, but there are people. One, there's a person that I work with somewhere along the line that believes in this narrative. That when they heard about this, like, oh, I guess Oliver Ekman doesn't really want to win. If he's going to resign with the Coyotes, oh, yeah. he can go somewhere else. He can make more money. He can go yeah. to a contender. Yeah, the Oilers. I had someone say he should come to the Oilers and try for a cup. One Stanley playoff, Cup. One playoff berth in the last eleven years, bud. Stanley Cup. Have you not seen what your GM has done to that roster? The Coyotes have had more playoff success than Edmonton in the last decade. So just let that sink in. Yes, since the the random Oilers Cup run. Yeah, so in the last decade, the Coyotes have (laughs) been in the playoffs a couple times. That's a scary thought. Three times. Are they? Yeah. Would you rather be the Coyotes right now or the Oilers? Like, I'd still rather be the team with Connor McDavid. I'd still rather be the team with Connor McDavid. No wiggle room now. They're in trouble. And no defense. If the Coyotes get this deal done, they have even with the Coyotes, they're not on defense. the they're not on a level playing field. No, so, that's, that's, or Edmonton has a lot of advantages that the, that Arizona that's does not very have. True. So let's get back to the "I don't want to win" thing. Yes. As, as okay, you need to go where you, you you can't consider anything else in your life as a human being. You just have to go to the team that gives you the best chance to win. Oliver Ekman Larson wants to win, and he's been through a lot of hardship with the Coyotes trying to mm-hmm. get there and. And that's part of what's factoring into what, what his ultimate decision will be. Are, are, are these guys really moving forward? Is there really a chance here? 
But it's not the only thing. Is that the only thing that you? I mean, do you, are you of a one-track mind when you make a decision on what you're going to do with your life? It, that's fa- I like how you put that because that's fascinating to me. That yes, there's obviously the ability to win is mm-hmm. is a factor, but I don't know. I, I make life decisions about my career, my job, whatever, whatever it was I'm going to do based on a lot of factors. <laughs> and just because somebody, let's say somebody offers me a job tomorrow that says I will pay you 10% more than you make now, but you're going to have to move to I don't know, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and, and you're going to be three hours away from any major city and all of this, and you have no family around there, you have no friends there, but you can make 10% more. Somebody went, And if I was explaining that, I don't think the initial reaction would be with, how do you not go to the place that's going to give you the most money? They go, oh, I understand why you might say that's not a significant enough difference for you. To change your entire lifestyle, the, the narrative, you don't do that for athletes. This, though. You this don't is, think that way. No, for because it's it's not coming from people that that know the athlete. It's coming from people that think their team is the best, and mm-hmm. so everybody should go to their team. That's that's what the narrative is. Part, they're frustrated that oh, he might be off the market now, and so they'll vent their anger with some stupid narrative. It's you know when when Shane Doan when there was that talk a couple years ago about how he could tell the Coyotes trade me at the deadline and, and send me to a team that's going to win the cup. It, it's it's not identical, but it's similar in the sense of, well, how do you know who's going to win the cup that year? You don't. So are you really going to give up everything Jamie just said yeah. for nothing that's guaranteed? You may go to that team and be and knocked out it. of the playoffs in the first round and hate it. The counter argument is people would make is well, he 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 should at least be able to find a place where he can make the playoffs because the Coyotes haven't done that in six. Well, we're talking about if we're talking about an eight year deal. Yeah. I mean, how many teams are you... Look at the standings from eight years ago. Yeah, how many teams right. how many do you those teams have been still in the postseason? ...are going to be good, not just next year, but four or five years from now, whereas yeah. the Coyotes might be. Like, I'm not saying what the Coyotes are better than What if you deal with the Red Wings seven years ago? Where would you, where would you have been the last few years? I mean, you again, wouldn't be happy. again, you could say, look, you can go somewhere where you have a better chance to win right now. But like, like Craig said, there's a lot of things to factor in. You know, maybe, you know... He likes living here. He likes living and here. It's Maybe, okay you know to factor that Guess into what? your decision. He likes to likes to go out and just play the True North Golf Course right. five times a week. You I know factored what? into fine. my decision. Yes. I like that's living fine. here. Yeah, that's why a lot of people live it's in Phoenix. It's okay to do that. Yes. It's so stupid to go with that narrative. Boy, should only go where he wants to win, where he has the best chance to win. Which, as you guys pointed out, you don't even know what that is. Yes. But there are other factors in life. If, if you gave up everything. At the start of last year to go play for Nashville. I guess Nashville probably would have been the favorites going yeah. into this past year. You'd be out in the second round. So, yes, you made the playoffs, but now you're out in the second round. Is it really that much different? Clearly, you should have chosen Winnipeg or yes. Las Vegas. Yes. A team that had never won a playoff game and, and a team never that didn't exist. But, and again, it, it all, it's whatever is you have to lay it all out in percentages for you. What is most important for you? You might have someone that says, you know what, at this stage of my life, all I want, I want to win. I will take less money. All I want to do is I, I, I want to be in a winning environment from a professional sports standpoint. Yeah. That's perfectly fine too. There's just – you have to decide what is best for you in your life. And it's a balance too, right? Yes. It's not just like, okay, here is my priority. It's a balance of all those things, the percentages, how they yeah. play against each other. But – and again, he loves living here. He does love yes. his life in Arizona. I know that. But here's the other thing that you brought up that's really important in this whole narrative. He played with Shane Doan. He saw what Shane Doan meant to this community, yeah. what Shane Doan sacrificed for this franchise. That influenced him. That sure influenced who he became as a hockey player. So there's a part of him that wants to do that too. And there's to part be of loyal it. to the Coyotes. And part of it, there's a legacy builder. And I talked about this, and we talked about this with Vegas and the ability of like, if what is the appeal? Not we didn't. The appeal is going to be the big Knights going to win the cup. But when we thought they would just be a playoff team, what's the appeal of going to Vegas next off season? 
that you can be the franchise, that you are the face of the franchise, you are building something, and that has value to people too, that you can actually be everything, that the franchise is you and you are the franchise. That's a, that's a very valuable opportunity. Also, look at what's happening in Toronto with Austin Matthews. One man playoff run, and they're already down his throat. Oh, but Mike Babcock visited him in Arizona, saw his home. But his some players when he was three yeah, years old. And no, that's all good. Drawings. But some players three, don't want to deal. Everything. But some players don't want to deal with that. Yes, if you like in baseball. Yes, right now, if you go to the New York Yankees, you have the best opportunity to make the most money and to win World Series. But they boo John Carlos Stanton out of the building three games into the season, a multi-time All Star. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Does that? Is that going to be something you want to deal with? Maybe it's not. And maybe that doesn't matter if they pay you a million extra dollars. I don't want to live that life. And I, you know what I love about that angle is people will spin it from one side of that coin and say, well, we can't handle the pressure. Maybe it sucks living where yeah, you guys maybe. act like that as fans too. Maybe that's not so cool. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know you to be, maybe you're just jerks. Just, <laughs> just be open to the fact that that environment appeals to some players, but and it doesn't others. appeal to 100% fun. of the players. And it would be different if he got drafted by Toronto and that was what he's known as a career. Or if you grew up in Toronto. If you grew up in Toronto and he watched the Leafs all his life, he may have had a vision, I want to be the guy that scores the game-winning cups for the Leafs in the Stanley Cup final. He's and also you know what? That's a powerful thing. But not everybody wants that. He's been a part of, of this for the Coyotes now for the last however many years. Mm -hmm. And he was on the team in 2012 when they made the Western Conference Finals, but he's been here for the lean years. And I know if you just look at the standings, you don't look at anything else. You see a team that that finished with the third worst record in the NHL. But they're definitely – there's a real possibility that they are a playoff contender within the next year or two. I, I think if they're there's not a, a contender within a the next two contend. years. There's a path to contention. So if you're Oliver, happen, but he, he, and one happen. of those things that has to happen is Oliver has to stay here. Yes. But do you really yes. want to leave right when the team is getting good after you put all this in just to go somewhere else you might not want to be, maybe as they're getting bad? You know, and, and what agents will do in these situations is they'll point to the Coyotes' instability with the arena and ownership. And the ownership is, is a bigger factor to me. But if they're they're willing to pay you, first of all, you've got a place to play. You're getting your paycheck. I think, I think when agents talk about that stuff, I think it's leverage more than reality. It's like negative it comes, recruiting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it comes down to what they're going to pay me in the end. If I'm getting yeah. my paycheck, I don't yeah. care. Unless there's an actual rift between you and the general manager, and right. you, the coach, you and the owner. And they're still playing. There's an arena that they're playing yes. in. So that it's not like they don't have a home. I, I think that stuff gets and, blown and so, up too much. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice arena, too. Again, it's in the wrong part of town, but it's a nice arena. It's not like he's playing where the A's play, where you have to worry about the sewage backing up into your locker room. All right? it's, it's a, the facilities are nice. And again, you, even pra- you practice team, half the time in Scottsdale anyway. If a team ever like, if a team ever relocates, it's not like all the players lose their jobs right, exactly. instantly. Yes. Okay, well, we're just yeah, we're in a new city. Okay, yeah. which is what would happen what? if you had signed if somewhere you, else. Anyway, if you don't like exactly. to be there, you, thank you. And if you don't like to be there, you go, hey, John, trade me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like. I mean, few other criticisms. But have you seen the OEL is overrated narrative out there too? Uh, I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's listen. He, right. had, he had a bad start to the season, and from a production standpoint, when you look at it, well, he's, he's had two twenty-plus goal seasons, which is insane. You know, not a lot of defensemen can no. say that, and he's he's had more than I think twelve goals in his last six full seasons. He have more game-winning goals than any defenseman in the last he five has or that six years. Too, yeah. or whatever. So those are good stats. But when you can you can look at the start of this year last year, he he was not a good player at yeah, the start the of last season. Learning but a new system. Toward the end of the last season, he was an yes. elite defenseman. And the other factor here, when people start looking at his point production, who's around him? Yes, and again, you have <clears throat> defensemen in particular. You really have to watch what they're doing. Like you really have to watch them because I mean, what did Brent Burns do for the first two thirds of the season? But like, not, I mean, nothing. He had a goal for like the first two months. Yeah. 
when you when you're on, especially when you're defensive, when you're on a bad team, which they were for the yeah, first school two through the they were a seasons. bad team. There's nothing you can do on the statute that's going to make it look good. He's been borderline great on bad teams in the past. Yes. He was bad at the start of this year, but they were playing a new system that will expose your defense with mm-hmm. a bunch of forwards that weren't playing defense and were turning the puck over. Weren't playing over. defense and were very young. So well, trying to play defense but had no idea where what to, to do, be, where to be. And, and yeah. turn the puck over yes. a lot, which yes. exposes yes. your defense, especially yes. your top defensive pairing. If he had been that way all year, then you can make the case to me. If you're going to make the argument to me that Oliver ekman Larson is overrated – then you need to list off like 10 defensemen you'd rather have in the NHL because I don't think you can do it. And if you can, Oliver's the 11th that you'd like. And at, at that point, it's personal preference. Defenders are a lot like goaltenders at times where they're going to have 10 or 15 game stretches where they look awful sometimes. That doesn't mean they're a bad player. I'm just looking like at happens. the guys. Like if, if, if you want, if you want look 82 at his, games on the line numbers too over the second half of the season. Yeah. People don't like to look at the underlying uh, numbers. Yeah, because that, yes. that involves real analysis. Because they can't do what what goal scorers can do, where they can score five goals in seven games and then disappear for ten games and nobody notices because yeah, they go, oh, they look, look, his goal scoring numbers are up. They, defensemen can't do that. Let's just run through some of these. The, I'm just going to go in order of cap hit, okay? okay. And you tell me which – I'm going to give you a defenseman's name and you tell me if you'd rather have them or for Oliver. For like one season close. or like over the course no, of the Going year. forward, starting okay. next year, Okay. So we'll just go through a couple of these because I don't want the show to be nine hours. But I'm just going to go in order of cap hit. P.K. Subban. Right, am I talking as a reporter too? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love the quotes. Yeah. Please. Love P.K. Um, I mean, I, I think I think most people would lean Subban. But yeah. it's close. Yeah, we all so. pause. Yeah. I think people it, would lean it, Subban there. It's Subban, but it's getting closer. It's getting He's closer. He's trophy candidate every year. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's yeah. It's a, you can it's a lot of conversation. Yes, it's close. Uh, Brent Burns. At this point, yeah. no, Okay, Brent Burns five years ago, sure, but yeah, Victor Hedman. I love Victor Hedman. Yeah, Victor. <laughs> I love Victor Hedman. Player. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so we've, we've got two two defensemen right now. We take over Oliver in the entire NHL. Are elite players. No. Jay Weber. No. no, it's not even close. You no. take Oliver for sure. Yes. Um, Dustin Bufflin. No, I take Oliver. What was Bufflin now? Thirty-three. Yeah, no. So you take Oliver over him. Yep. Ryan Suter, you take Oliver over. Yep. Aaron Ekblad. Fascinating case. I I can't make a compelling case to take him or to not take him. Like I feel like that's helpful. That's the line. Okay. So there's, there's such gonna, different players. We're going to say there's a, a trade off. We're going to say that and even. Just because Ekblad's I mean, too. I mean, Ekblad's making and making less money. I mean, if you want to put in those other factors, but no, I I would probably just well, his, cap, his cap hit seven five. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm assuming it's still going to be like close to a million less than. But I'm just saying, money aside, you can have one of these defensemen as the anchor of your defense. Okay. It's close because Aaron Eckblad is like 12 years old. The, the final three in the top ten are Chris Letang. You take Oliver. Oliver. Dion Phaneuf. Oliver. Take Oliver. And Drew Doughty. Probably take Doughty. Yeah. yeah. You Doughty. haven't even mentioned Eric Carlson. I'll take Eric Carlson as well. Yeah, yeah Carlson's further but down. But, but, I mean, the other guys between them and those Carlson. Those are elite players. Brent Seabrook. I don't oh, think Oliver Ekman Larson. By the way, that, that comparison was made. Somebody made a Brent Seabrook comparison with Oliver Ekman Larson. Was, was it just, Joel Quenville? That's ridiculous. I wanted to reach through That's the ridiculous. internet and slap the person. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding That's me? That's ridiculous. Uh, but I think with the section, I'm sorry, but I have so, intimate knowledge of Brent Seabrook's game. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that's no comparison that's, to be made yeah, whatsoever, unless you're talking ridiculous. about a long contract. But <laughs> they both happen to be defensemen. Uh, the other, the other names before you get to Eric Carlson are Mark Giordano and Kevin Shattenkirk. No, so we he's a top ten defenseman. So in this league, well, I mean, we're looking at we've, he top we've rattled off PK Subban. You'd rather have Victor Hedman. You'd rather have. 
Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson, and then Aaron Eckblad is maybe even. So we so I think we've established that that he's solidly at the top of tier two. Yes. There's a clear tier one. But tier one is only like four players. It's that's not like fine. 15. No, yeah, fine. that's fine. That should be. I mean, that's the elite of the elite defensemen, and Oliver Ekman Larson is in that top of that second tier. I'm trying to like scroll down and see if there's anybody else that's not making as much. I mean, Dougie Hamilton. I mean uh, Roman Yossi, we should talk about. Yeah, He's in the conversation, Yossi. so I'd probably take Yossi yeah. in that case. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, there, I mean, there are others that are. I'd take Oliver more... over Dougie Hamilton, though. I'd like to have he, both. Yes, I would as well. So Dave Tippett wanted both. Dave Tippett did. They could have had both. both. They could have had both. But don't worry, they've got a uh, third line center, maybe. Uh, I got a couple questions here before we wrap up. <laughs> Smart guy. Um, okay, this one's from Michael. This is a local question, but just bear with us. Cardinals well, got We're going to be a more local show soon. So. The Suns won the draft lottery. Does it mean the Coyotes win the draft lottery next year, or they get Tavares and or Eric Carlson this year? Um, well, okay. Do we have a laugh track? Yeah. <laughs> uh, two parts. One, uh, no. I think you should hope that they're not in contention to win the lottery. But year. even if they have the 12th worst record, that but gives you a yeah, good shot in the NHL. Actually, I said they have a better chance. Points where did, the last place where did Carolina, like, in, where was Carolina? They were like, they were a playoff contender for so, 75% of the season. Uh, second last year, actually. No, yeah. I don't think any of those things are happening. Uh, that was quick. <laughs> Coach East Jack wrote in, if Oliver's named captain, I bet Delaney this year was negotiating told by Chica and Tockett to use for this offseason. Read that again? If Oliver's named captain, I bet delaying it this year was a negotiating tool by Chica and Tockett. Well, I doubt it. I think it would have been, honestly, it's it probably the opposite. Yeah, it's it probably making Tockett coming into a new team not knowing what he had yeah. and assessing his, his personnel for one year, seeing who emerged as a leader. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And, and Oliver wasn't that guy early in the season. He, Oliver even told me, I, I wrote, wrote, this, wrote about this, that he thought Tock made the right decision because he didn't, he didn't know what he was doing. In getting. retrospect. Yeah. Maybe not in October. Yeah, it November. stung because he was hearing all summer that well, he was going to be we, captain. We proclaimed yeah. him the captain. Well, well so, so did the GM. So did the GM. Yes. So did Shane Doan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Shane Doan. So yeah. you're hearing that, and then Things suddenly happen, the rug is pulled out from under you. You understand why it stung, but I also think Oliver is this close to being the captain That was, next that was really where I was going yeah. with. I was going to spin his question forward into if – if now he signs an eight-year deal. He's yes. yeah, he's your captain. Probably, and he proved it on other levels with yes. us too. Yeah. Their their relationship was in an entirely different place than it was yes. at the start of the year. I'm impressed by how those two pulled that together yep. because it it was not good to start the year. And and a lot of that was just the unknown. Like talking oh. talking comes in here and how great OEL is, but he sees him twice a year over yeah. in Pittsburgh, and then OEL's not anywhere near great at the and start Tuck's of the year. Trying to take care of so many other things, yeah. right? We are a brand new coach and on a young team. A, a lot of guys that don't know how to play. That's on the road for the first two months yeah. of the season, and you know, all the things that he faced. And but he said, "Yeah, I got away from why I was brought here to be that communicator, develop those relationships." He eventually did, and of course, they also sadly had that bonding experience of over both losing their moms. Yeah, and that that's a bit of that, that can bring you together. reached out to him and, and talk, said that meant something to him. Yeah, yeah, they those those two definitely worked at that relationship. I think sometimes quitting. I think sometimes we forget, and this goes back to the conversation we had about whether or not Ekman Larson wants to sign with Arizona or not, the, the human element of, of athletics, of that. We think everybody's this, this robot player, robot coaches that, oh, this guy's a good coach, this guy's a good player, they should just get along, as if you just get along with everybody you've ever met just because no. they're good at their job. Especially, in, like you said, Craig, under the tough circumstances to start the year of, you know, Oliver doesn't fit in that system early on and they're on the road for 90% of their games yeah. and the team was not good at all. A um, couple other questions here. We've got one from Joe and one from Jack that are both – they're both addressing the notion that John Chica is on the hot seat. Mm. One of them tagged Ken Campbell in it, which is kind of cool. So, okay, so 
and, and, and Jack even noted, uh, is this the same media that would love to have him as the GM for their team? Joe pointed out, I'm paraphrasing these a little bit, um, his first sentence is, does the hockey world overuse result-based judgment when evaluating GMs? You have to base you have it to on use the results, results but yes. you can't base it on a two-year window when you're just starting you rebuild. can't that's, that's the difference. that's the narrative that the, just blows my mind when i hear people saying and, and even people say well well they, they made some moves this offseason that made it clear they weren't just trying to rebuild they were they were trying to accelerate the process yeah they were when they got Derek step on they were trying to accelerate the yeah. process but they ran into a whole bunch of hurdles early in the season but was Derek step step on a failure here no, no absolutely not <laughs> When you Zanti look at John Tyka's moves, were they? Has he had failures? Let's say Stefan Aranta were no excellent. They were two yeah. best players last year. Not named Beckham Larson for Anthony them. D'Angelo and a pick. Thank you. Indeed. Yes. Thank you. Well, I mean, you need a center. Still, you do. You do. Well, I don't know. If were you going to get one of the yeah. yeah. Probably. Um, yeah. Not that level. Probably. But I, did. It, it was a success. That was a good trade. You can't look at that trade and say it was a bad trade. There is a point where you have to be completely results oriented, but you have to have a timeline. But it, it, also, it results oriented can't just be wins losses based on what. Not I'm not, not blaming Don Maloney no. either, but just past regimes have done. You also need to look at the results of the trades and the signings that John Chaika has made. Find me one where they've lost something. And oh, by the way, he's working with. One of the tightest budgets, yes. if not the tightest budget in the NHL. Look how he's built the defense in two offseasons. Bingo. And if he gets Oliver Ekman Larson re-signed, your your back end is entirely yes. set. If where do we? Where would you put that defense against other defenses in the NHL? Like, I think the way it played over the second when, half when of the season, healthy, it's top five. Yeah, yeah. In the when healthy, Pro- probably probably fourth yeah. or fifth, but top five. If if we're sitting here in May of 2020 and nothing has changed, it has failed. That's different. Yeah, but we're not in 2020 or 2021. Like, it's, we're two years in. If nothing has changed, if nothing has improved by then, then yes, you say, even if the, we thought the process was working, something's not working, you need to change it up. But you can't look at it. Again, we talked about this. We cautioned everybody. This is a three to five, probably closer to five-year rebuild. And the, the those bad teams that missed the playoffs weren't part of the rebuild. That was the descent. Yep. That's, that was that's, the That's the problem. People lump it all together. All oh, the Coyotes have missed the John Chike has been GM for two years. Yeah. The Coyotes have plenty of issues. Don't get me wrong. But I would put Chaika closer to GM of the year than firing at this point. Now, I'm not saying he's one of the top three GM of the year candidates, but if you're going to give me the he's 31 is, is spots, and he's on that. He's, no. on, he's closer won, to that if side. If they won five more games early in the season and got to around 80-some points, yeah. people would be like, whoa, this, this team's on the move. Right? And it's because of him. Yes. Like, look who he brought in. Yes. He's doing a good job. And, and look, look, talk system over the second half of the season – Picked up some steam, yes, too. Yes, it did. Uh, question from Benny. We're getting a segment this week on reviewing a goal and having the review confirm goaltender interference, then the review of the review finding no goaltender interference, yeah? Benny, here's my response to you. I'm confused, but that seems appropriate in this instance. He's, he's, he, Greg's not confused by your question, I don't think. He's just confused by goaltender interference yes. at this point. As we all are. Yeah, that was that was something special as well. I think that's those are the main questions. Um, yeah, Anything else here? Want to hit on GM of the year? Yeah, there was a little bit of news. And speaking of, by the way, uh, how is now that Toronto has an, a new and young GM in Kyle Dubas? How is how is the NHL media world, specifically north of the border, going to handle a young GM who hasn't served enough time or paid his dues? Take some some of the focus off Chica. It right? might, or yeah. they might have to review the whole narrative because he's in Toronto. What do you do? 
Uh, wait a minute. Wait. wait, wait this can't look. There's there's oh, look. There's definitely a sense. This was a good idea. Yeah. Now suddenly it's a it's now, a smart idea. Brilliant. Yeah. And also Toronto's the first team to ever do it, right? Well, yeah, right, that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. Trend-setting yeah, in Toronto with the young, look, I'm young sure GM who's older than John Chaikin. Yes. The, the, there is a sense at some level. And again, it happens in any industry with you got the, you know, you have the, the young whippersnapper that's coming in with new, with different ideas or different ways of looking at the game. That is so much of that in this Yeah. Game. I mean, look, I mean, you There's can argue. so much resentment. And it, it happens. To, like, look, Brad Stevens that's in the, the NBA. Per, it's the only got perfect no, example. His fellow coaches, zero first place votes for Brad Stevens from his fellow coaches. Probably the best coach in the NBA so right now. That uh, Zero. That tells me it's like, yeah, we don't like what this kid's doing. He's making us look bad. Like, yeah, and it's, I, not, I, it's not that every coach doesn't like it, but for him to like get zero enough. votes, there There's has to be something going on. Two wins now away from the final? Yes. With, yeah. with their two with best their, players two missing? players hurt yeah. all season. I mean, they're missing one from about two, a quarter and a half into the season. Um. So the GM of the year finalists were announced, and I just wonder. You don't want to talk about Sweet Lou, huh? Well, Sweet we can. Lou going to the Islanders. Go ahead. Talk <laughs> about we're Sweet still Lou. on that Toronto thing. I mean, well, what, do you, what do you guys think of that idea? Lou Lamarello <sighs> going to the Islanders. I mean, he before we we knew this was planned that he was going to be yeah sort of pushed aside. I, I can't even remember. Excommunicated who it was. from. <laughs> I can't. Somebody had a great tweet yesterday. Into a like non-functioning senior, senior yeah. advisor role or a... You know, we'll pay you to stay home role. <laughs> yeah, exactly. is basically Cliff yeah. Fletcher with we, we, the Coyotes, right? Which In is, charge of trades <laughs> with Philadelphia. Which is basically <laughs> like being channeled over to the New York Islanders, yeah. which is, especially if and they don't have John Tavares. Maybe the, the Tavares-less <laughs> Islanders. Right. Which I'm starting to think is more and more likely to happen at this point. It's yeah, because now it's a month and a half quiet. away. Go into market it's now. Like, so we, come quiet. on, we're, we're a month and a half away. Also, that's a scary part because what are the Islanders going to offer Tavares that the market can't? There's not anything. Like, hey, we've got Lou Lamarillo. Is that going to sell John Tavares on staying the Islanders? <laughs> Maybe that's scary. Yeah. He's also had a few months Lou has now. Connections in that's true. Uh, he's, he's also it's funny. Everything that people, maybe he's a sleeper cell and he's sending him to Toronto. Everything yeah. to go back. All the reasons why people tried to say Oliver Ekman Larson wouldn't get a big contract in Arizona, all that stuff applies in reality to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And now they don't, Tavares, they don't, we don't know where they're going to play hockey. Yeah, they're not. A, they're not a strong playoff contender. And like, he's an unrestricted free agent in a month and a half. Yes, they waited too long. The Coyotes are getting this done with Oliver a year and a month and a half. My wild conspiracy theory. I'm curious about okay. what happens after I, I say the Blackhawks try and trade him Jonathan Taves for, for John Tavares. Look, he's not coming back Throwing to you anyway. Too. Sign him and we'll do this deal and we'll still have a number one center. <laughs> and Seabrook. So, hey, Pierce yeah, Seabrook. You, you, you have to take Seabrook. Defense. Nick yeah, Letty oh, and Seabrook. You can't afford those two contracts, right? I mean, who can? Yes. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, all right. Can we get to the GM of the year? Yeah, sure. about that. I believe we all had Ray Shiro as the winner. Yes, as, as our pick. Yes, yes he was. He's not winner. even a finalist. <laughs> I sure that's but probably. We had, we had two of the other guys on our yeah. list. That, you know, everyone knew McPhee was going to be on this list. George, of course. How can you not be? Because Vegas is where. Got to be on the even list. Even though we can look back at the expansion draft and scratch our heads at a number of moves he made. So is he going to win? Just because Vegas? He might. He might. Okay. I think it's not like he's been bad. He's just been bad. Eisenman's on this I list. I think there were missed opportunities. And then Eisenman always is on the list. Kevin Chubbuy. I don't get that one at all. I have no I, idea why he's on the list. I don't can get somebody explain to me? Make an argument. I can't. He it's got just... Paul Stasny. Yeah, but he also got Steve Mason. Thank you. That's the counter. That's Subtract the... one from the other. And you, you can't have... sign Steve Mason to a multi-year, four-plus million dollar contract and win GM with the year. That cannot do it. That team has drafted really well for years, but that award's not supposed to be from when they drafted Mark Seifert. achievement award, then give it to the Eisenman. Well, Eisenman should win every year, probably. So I don't understand that. One. It feels like they just looked around and were like, "These are three of the four teams that are left." I know that they voted earlier, but it's basically like 
three of the four finalists, as far as teams, it's, their GMs it's get the predictable award path. and it not went, Washington. You, you take the GM of the best team in the league, and then you take the two GMs of two teams that surprised you they were that good. That's what this, this is. But the, Ray Shiro, he Jersey should have been on that. Jersey I know. Was terrible last year. I wonder year. when this. They, they drafted first, and he he <laughs> and he was more active. Made the trade for Vatnin. You got Johansson for nothing. Yep. I mean, if you are going to look more than one year, he he got Taylor Hall for nothing. He's he and and people possibly do, by made the, way, the right pick. Often look more than one year. Yes, they do. By the way, only for GM one year. You but, should you should look at least a couple yeah, because years because you have you can't judge it all in one. No, season. I agree with you. So maybe two years. GM of the last two years. That strengthens Shiro even more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have to go back five or six years for these other for Day off at least. Not for McPhee, he wasn't on the team. Got Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. He he stole Marcus Johansson from Washington, by the way. Yeah. Come on. And And, and and he drafted Nico. It looks like he made the right choice at number one when that wasn't the popular choice at number one. He's he's unlike Shirelli's brilliance of taking McDavid number one, which nobody thought he was going to do. That I also love the Brian genius. Boyle signing. I thought it was a character signing. Yeah. It was a good signing, and he contributed too. It wasn't yes. just like a, a motivational thing. I, I don't get. And he got not on New Jersey. List. I don't get. He made New Jersey relevant. He made New Jersey quickly. relevant again. The the team, maybe not the state. Well, not no, not the I'll state. just say it for Jamie. Yeah. All it's right. crazy. Stuff. I can see it's New York from here. This was this is fun, guys. This is so. What's Houston's expansion team going to be named? Are they going to call them the Arrows? And when do they come online? What are we thinking? What's Seattle, 2020? Yeah. So every so two years? Two are we years? spending now? 2022? To, to, so they're not going to be the Houston 34? Flames? We've moved off that. No no Houston Flames? <laughs> I can't. I can't no, unless they pay $650 million they're, they're to be okay. In, in Canada. How about the Houston Oilers? Why not just troll the Oilers with the mm. Houston Oilers? <laughs> Have Warren Moon drop the puck at the first game or something. You could, you could re-adopt arrows, although, eh. Oh, it's kind of a weird name. It doesn't really say yeah. anything about Houston. I don't know well, I mean, neither this Golden Knights about Vegas, but... You can't do Oilers. I just watched a Golden Knight chop a flying jet in half last night in Vegas. I, I will argue, though, that geologically that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know right. what? On that note, if we do have two poll questions, let's ask people to name the Houston expansion team when they come online in 2022. So i got to come up with four suggestions <laughs> yes. for Houston? We can come up with it. The, the poll question is what do, going what to be: What do we give Seattle? The Emeralds? The Kraken? What do we get? What do we end up? Metropolitans. Still. Metropolitans. That was their old name, right? Like a hundred years ago. Yeah. The, the poll question is going to be: What is the most ridiculous storyline of these playoffs, or the most unbelievable? And there are, there are a few. Yeah, yeah I need to word it correctly. Okay. Otherwise, we'll, Marshawn we'll will just that. win. All right. All right. That's gonna do it for us. 149 episodes. The we'll last go. episode from this build. particular studio. Yes, but we will be doing a show next week. We'll be back next week from. The studios of Arizona Sports. It'll be like a new start. Yes. Fresh. Yeah. But you really won't notice if you're listening. No, yeah. It's not a video <laughs> podcast. How's that for salesmanship? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. For Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, not for Chris Schubert. I don't know where he is. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hatrick Podcast. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.